the ideal. When you think about America, what comes to mind? Is it the flag waving high or the purple mountains majesty? Is it the lakes, streams, rivers, and seas that span our great nation? What thoughts fill your head when you think about the place we call home? If you ask this question to a hundred people, you are subject to get a hundred different responses. You see, America means different things to different people. Some people were born here while others were brought here. Some have built a life that blesses them while others are still trying to find a path to blessings. America promotes itself as the land of opportunity, the place that allows a person's dreams to come true. However, depending on where you stand determines the opportunities you get. Everybody is trying to get theirs without regard for the other person who's also trying to get theirs. America is the place where the many become one, e pluribus unum. It is the place where we are commissioned to live together in harmony. People of every nation, tribe, and tongue sharing in the ideal of togetherness. It's a wonderful concept. A place where every person matters and no one is supposedly left behind. A place where the hungry are fed and the less fortunate are given a helping hand. The ideal of America is that every person has something to contribute and no one is seen as useless. It is a lofty goal, one worthy of pursuit. If this is the ideal of America and we all subscribe to it in theory, why haven't we completely achieved it? We've had about 244 years to accomplish it. Why haven't we reach this place of utopia. What makes the ideal of America so elusive? It's kind of like trying to catch a whisper on the lips of someone telling a secret you're not supposed to hear. Why can't we all just get along? Personally, I think it has to do with how humans are configured. You see, while we do good things, help people in need and want to see people live abundant lives, prosperous lives, if you will. We are inherently selfish and self-centered. So while something in us knows it's right to want the best for our fellow man, if it comes down to them or us, we choose us most of the time. So how do we fix this problem in us? How do we fix the inherent selfishness that seems to drive our motivations? Well, in a manger some 2,000 and 23 or 4 years ago, a child was born with the sole purpose of bringing peace on earth and goodwill to all people. His mandate was to change the nature of those he created by dying on a cross. And out of his example of selfless sacrifice, Jesus would save people from their inherent configuration. He would save them from their sinful nature. When a person receives salvation by faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, they are born again. The old is passed away and everything becomes new. The world they live in looks different. The people they participated with yesterday seem different today. Somehow their stony heart is replaced with a heart of flesh. There is this empathy and compassion that transcends disagreements and differences. All of a sudden, there is this inherent desire to see people have a life, not just the accumulation of stuff, but a life filled with purpose and meaning, a life of peace and goodwill towards all people. But there's a problem, you see. 
Even though Christ has changed us, we still live in a democracy, a governmental and political process charged with the responsibility of creating a climate where everybody's opinion and perspective has equal value, a place where laws and statutes are to be the same for every person. Yet, those same laws can be manipulated to suit the whims of litigators who interpret them despite a person's innocence or guilt, a system where survival of the fittest is the rule of thumb, even if we want to help our neighbor, a country bent on new possibilities, whether or not they are ethical, moral, or even harmful to the next person. But when a person says yes to Jesus, they live in a theocracy. God sets the standard for life and living. He determines what is good, right, and healthy. In his world, the one died for the many so that the many would not have to die at all, but have life eternal. It is a system ruled by a God who not only cares for all, but died for all. American culture celebrates the hero. We have such admiration for the person who lives sacrificially for the welfare of someone else. If it costs them their life, That's the price of being called a hero. So be it. That's the price of heroism. This is the ideal of America. Our troops fight for our democracy. They die to maintain the integrity of our democracy. Yet some of those same men and women live broken, forgotten and overlooked amid the democracy. They sacrifice their life to uphold. Why? Democracy is flawed. It celebrated their heroism, but forgot the life they had to live on the other side of it. But in a theocracy, no one is ever forgotten. The life they live is kept on record by a God who neither slumbers nor sleeps. He doesn't miss a thing. He came to be our savior. He came to adjust the sinful, selfish nature that abounds amid the ideal. Jesus came to bring peace on earth and equality to humankind. That is why when he died, God the Father did not forget his sacrifice, but gave him a name that was above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord of all. His name will live forever on the lips of those who know him and in the hearts of those who love him. But I hear the wheels turning in your head from over here. Preacher, what about all the horrible things that have been done in the name of Christ. Why, why didn't God stop them? Why didn't God use his power and influence to put an evil, put into evil in the world? Well, my answer is he did. God sent Jesus and Jesus sends us. But sometimes we act out of who we are rather than who he made us to be. Our old nature gets the best of us and we fall miserably short of, of the glory of God. But if we do it right, if we do it right, When we are filled with his spirit, we become his hands, legs, and feet. We become change agents in a broken world. That is why the gates of hell shall not prevail. But we can't do it from the system we live in. It must be from the new system we were born into as children of God. That means we may live in a democracy, but we live from a theocracy. Then the ideal of America has a chance and the world can see its light. Because Jesus is always for humanity. He's always on the side of the broken, the looked over, the forgotten. He's always on the side of the fortunate, even if they eventually become less fortunate. He's always on the side of life, but he's never for sin, even though he died to save the sinner. And while democracy is a wonderful ideal and concept, it will not completely work in a theocracy because we won't sin at the expense of life more abundant. And God as our Heavenly Father cannot allow it.
Sin feels good in the beginning, but produces death in the end. Hear me. We can't apply a democracy to a theocracy because God's truths are absolute. They do not change. People may change who interpret God's word, but God does not change. In a democracy, each person establishes their own truth as if they are immutable and unchanging. And everybody knows people change their minds like the wind changes direction. But God's word does not change. It is constant for the sake of the welfare and union he has with humanity. It is built on mutuality, common decency and righteousness. I understand we want it our way. I get it. But what if our way is not the best way? What if there is a better way? What if where we are is not the best place to be, even if we think it is? If we believe God loves us, if we believe in the heroism of Christ on the cross and that he came to save the world from its sin, then why won't we let him do his work through us? Why won't we live from a theocracy in a democracy? Because if we would, the ideal of equality and equity would come to pass. And the reality of peace on earth and goodwill towards all people would be the soup we all eat from. I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus of First Baptist Church Indian Trail, Marshville, North Carolina. And you've been listening to Soul Food. Soul Food.